At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 732nd episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is homesteading off-grid. We're talking with Aurora Rogers about resilient pioneering. Aurora is a Venezuelan designer and process consultant devoted to creating resilient frameworks for every area of her life. Her husband of 24 years is Jason, who is an American engineer devoted to creating effective systems for growing food, generating fuel, and building sustainable homes. They have been homesteading off-grid and low-grid in Central Texas for the last 10 years. Aurora and Jason founded Producing Freedom Academy for families, and they broadcast their Resilient Pioneer podcast live stream on YouTube, where they interview their favorite experts and talk about off-grid survival, primitive homesteading, and other related topics which encourage their audience to create healthy and vibrant lives and ecosystems. Welcome to the show today, Aurora. Are you ready to rock pioneering? Yes, we are. <laughs> Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to go where you're at today? Thank you so much, Greg, for the opportunity to share our story. So really, I like to share that I'm from Venezuela when I was young and the economy was so different in Venezuela. They're still as wealthy of a country as we are. There were times when there was no running water or electricity just because the infrastructure was not really maintained very well. Wow. And so we had we were used to having times when the switch didn't work or the faucet didn't come on. And that was ingrained in me from childhood to be ready for such things just as a part of life. Wow. And Jason has always, he's he's actually working on some projects right now. So when I say we, just forgive me, I'm usually <laughs> talking on behalf of us or we're talking together. But Jason grew up in actually in the U.S., in Mississippi, but he always has this desire, not because of the way that he grew up. He just had this deep desire to live a really resilient lifestyle. He didn't know what it was called. It's taken him a couple of decades to put words to what he right? wanted. Yeah. But when we met 25 plus years ago, he told me his dream, even before we got engaged or anything, he said, my dream is to generate my own fuel, harvest my own water, grow my own food, build my own house. And wow, that didn't scare me at all because <laughs> I thought this just sounded very resilient. And we got on our journey and 
we got married, like I said, almost 25 years ago. And we, as much as we didn't want to, we ended up in the rat race as much as we basically vowed not to get our mortgage uh, and right to the nine to fives and all that. We ended up there, but about 12 years in, we had this epiphany that we could basically take charge back of our lives. And that's where the pie, the true pioneering adventure that we're highlighting today began. Wow. And it seems to me that a piece of this pioneering process is to getting away from debt. So you mentioned more, and often we have to have a mortgage in order to buy a house. And one of the things that I've done over the past 10 years, thanks to Dave Ramsey, is I took his Financial Peace University and I got out of debt, completely out of debt. And it provided me so, I'm getting chills as I share this, so much freedom from the rat race. What is your experience with that? Actually, it's been very similar. In, so I'm sharing years because that's how we track our story. But in 2008, Jason had the opportunity to actually this company, this aerospace manufacturing company created this position for him to be a liaison and moved. We were in the Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, tri-state area. And we moved, we were getting ready to move to Mexico to be expats for two years. He had a two-year assignment. And we had actually avoided taking the Dave Ramsey class, uh-huh. but the church that we were attending actually offered it. For, and it was the first time that it was actually offered at a, in a place that was accessible to us. And so we took the class fall of 2008 and we just, we were like, okay, this is the framework that we're going to do. We basically sold or gave away everything we owned and we were really committed to start over. We actually had two mortgages. We had the home that we lived in, and then we had bought this investment property project. And 2008, do you know what was happening during oh. that time? The real estate market crashed. So we basically, we had a strong conviction, and that's a really important word, but we had a strong conviction to get out of debt and break free. So we listed our homes, and gave away everything, got ready to go to Mexico with the intention to live like no one else. And I'll share a little story about that. That seems unbelievable, but we really were prepared to do whatever it took to break free. So we put our properties on, it took a long, a while, right? To, to break free from selling it. And basically we had to give them away. We had to pay to sell them. And we lost all of our mm. equity in our home. We had to pay at closing for that. The property that we bought as an investment, we actually over $10,000 had to pay back. But we were free at that point. We had, like Dave Ramsey says, paid our stupid tax and <laughs> interest, <Right? laughs> lots of interest, and moved to Mexico. And so we decided we had some other things like student loans. And like I said, all the things we never thought we'd have, like credit card debt from some other situations that happened that were unfortunate and got us into this consumeristic treadmill. And would you like to hear the story of the no, living like no one else? Sure. A little embarrassing, but it's true, right? We were so committed to basically any money that we had that we were in debt for, I considered not having. And so any of the things that we wanted, 
they were going to be purchased with cash that we didn't owe to someone else, right? Yep. So we really lived so primitively and simply in the home in Mexico where a lot of people will take their expat experience to explore a little and not us. We lived probably the most simple lives ever when we lived in Northern Mexico. And one of the things that we did was we took an air mattress that we had and we slept on that air mattress for six months. And the only reason we got a new mattress was because the floors are made of tile and it's no insulation at all. They don't right. do insulation. And so it was this cold and it was the, so we were like over 5,000 altitude. It was very cold, <laughs> no insulation. And the mattress would deflate. And at the oh point where we yep. had to, just to show you our level of commitment, but it got to the point where three times a night we had to air it back up and we're like, oh my time, gosh, it's time to get a new mattress. Oh my gosh. So we bought a mattress, but we just really had this practical and very tangible commitment and conviction that we were going to wait as long as we could and do with what we had. And that has remained true. And I have other stories, but they live like no one else. We really did do that. So awesome. And resilient pioneering doesn't mean that you have to suffer or struggle. It just means that we live simply. To me, actually, resilience begins inside. So I shared the word conviction. That is the core requirement for resilient living. If you don't have a conviction driving you, you're going to compromise. Yeah. It's going to stress. For example, it didn't really, it was not comfortable and it was not really the most comfortable rest or anything. But I wasn't trying to impress anyone with our bedding, with our situation. It was some, it's a private choice and it didn't stress me out because my conviction was we're going to hold on this position here as long as possible so that we can accomplish our goals. Yeah. So with resilient living, it's just whatever your conviction is. And that's why our kind of our mentorship model is so unique. It's personalized and customized for the person, whatever your conviction is, and you're being able to live it out like you were talking about being debt free. If that's your conviction, then to be able to remain debt free, that's really a core of your core conviction of your resilient values. So it sounds to me like what you've done is you've created this set of core values for you and you have a mentoring system that you mentor people with on this and you encourage them to create their own set of core values, which may not be your core values. It may, you know, it's theirs, right? That is the foundation. Yes, you got it. And tell me about your mentoring program. So <laughs> we wanted to remain off-grid and offline, but at the wake of changes of we all know happened in 2020, we decided that it seemed like the world's, a lot of people's hearts were ready to, and their convictions maybe were willing to take charge of their lives and not be so dependent on the ecosystems, the infrastructures that are pretty much enslaving most of the world today to be dependent on these systems that were designed 
by people that did not have their best interest in mind. So in 2020, I decided to launch a YouTube channel, which you've been blessed us with been a guest on three times mm-hmm. to our live stream. And I invite your listeners to check out replays. But we decided, and pretty much I'm the one that's written the curriculum and organized all of our combined experience, but I decided that it was time to finally, for that dream of later having the academy and later training people in this, to make a framework that people could basically get a pioneering master's in 90 days. And I went through some very extensive training for experiential education course. Wow creating a course. And so it was not really something we had planned to do. It's born out of the times, the needs of the times, because for the people that we serve, they feel like they don't have a lot of time to get caught up on that desire to break free and live a resilient life. And definitely we need coaching for that because this isn't something in our culture that we get taught. The schools don't teach it. The, our society doesn't teach financial resilience, living resiliently. They didn't teach permaculture. So we have to have somebody to look up to, in your case, and model and follow. And you've, I'm sitting here looking at this list of amazing things that you've done on your homestead, beekeeping and rainwater harvesting and solar systems and living off grid from with a hybrid power system. What is one of your favorite things that you do? We actually have 12 pillars that we teach are foundational and they are the, if you think about, you have the core convictions and you have your, your 12 pillars of producing freedom. And those all are things that we need in, a, in our lives mm-hmm. to be able to live. And they're goods and services that we are participating in buying and actively using. Anything that we do to become more resilient in any of those areas is actually very exciting. What excites us, not, it's not so much what we're doing, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense, that what stage we're at, that we're moving forward with, for example, beekeeping, we, there's almost nothing on our land. I call it, I actually call our land a research and development farm facility (laughs) because we're testing, we crash and burn as a lifestyle. Okay. But we're testing what doesn't work, what can work, what's possible. And the fact that we're moving forward in something like right now, we're excited about doing cover crops, but not just regular cover crops, like these intense mixes. And there's a whole exciting dynamic on the ecosystem of that learning and moving forward. And that process is what gets us excited. I can't really pinpoint anything because it's just the ecstasy, the emotional high that we get from, hey, this building that I'm that we're recording from. And for those of you that are listening, we invite you to check out the show notes for some photos or watch the live stream on replay on YouTube on the Urban Farmers YouTube channel. But the building that I'm recording from right here is an aircrete hempcrete prototype 
Wow. We've tested so many other things in just this building. We're doing, we're juggling a lot of things at the same time on how to be able to do it off grid or low grid. There's a term called appropriate technology. And that's probably how I can summarize my answer. We get really excited about any technology or methodology that can be used anywhere in the world by anyone from a child. You can teach a child that's able to learn to someone in their 70s or 80s that's able to do something to be able to be that, let's call it universal. That is exciting to us when we get it to that level. Yeah. And so basically what you're, you've got this great big grand experiment that you're doing on your property and you're experimenting with different things, sharing them on your YouTube channel. And I'm sure you're sharing your successes and your failures. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of failures. And that's how we learn. This is the reason for the li listeners of the podcast. I asked a question to tell, and you're going to get this in a little while. Tell us about your biggest failure. Um, and that's the reason I asked that is to show people that it's okay to fail. This is where we learn and then we can do better next time. You know what not to do next time. Absolutely. And there was a teacher, an elementary school teacher that shared with me once this acronym of what fail means is F is for first, A is for attempt, first attempt in learning. It spells out. Oh, fail. I like that. I really first. love that too, because if you don't ever get up and go through that process, you can't get back up. You don't know right. how to get back up and yeah. you can't be resilient without getting back up. That's actually, we have a progression that we share with people and survival is the first thing, right? You survive, let's say you're on the floor, but you are not dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's the getting up that builds resilience. And so we share survival is first, it's just staying alive. Resilience is learning how to continue to stay alive. But freedom is really the ultimate thing, is how to really not be affected by those challenges that knocked you down. So you down, you get up, and then you move on. You keep going and you're stronger each time. So let's define this word resilience so that people can maybe understand it a little better. For me, in my mind, resilience is like a rubber band. If you have a rubber band and you stretch it out and let it go, it snaps back into place. That's a resilient rubber band. How would you define resilience? Thing is, as I shared with you, our journey is not just about resilience, it's a resilient pioneering. And so when you combine the resilience of being able, like I said, just to get up, but pioneering, you have to keep moving forward. You have to be able to have that vision that you can get up and go. I actually do not relate to and never really, we didn't even know personally, the term like prepper or things like that. That's not, we don't even own a TV. We didn't watch any of those shows. We didn't know what people were talking about, trying to label us like that. To me, resilient pioneering is to, have you ever thought of or heard of the stories of immigrants that just walk into another country and they're able to build this amazing life and they just have the $5 in their pocket or the $20, but it was mm -hmm. them, right? Yeah. They were the raw material. 
they brought their greatest asset and it was them, not the things that they had, not the tools. They knew what to do with things. They knew what they needed to find or create. So with resilient and resilience as a word is the ability to not be knocked down and stay down, in my opinion, of the mm -hmm. word. And pioneering is the fuel to keep going and keep trying to be more resilient, to be stronger, and to get to a level of freedom that in your own personal core convictions vocabulary, you are successful, you're some people call it self-reliant. You're able to sustain yourself and your family, your animals, and you feel really good about it. You're not afraid about fuel prices. You're not afraid about a drought. Those are the things that we get excited about when we think about resilient pioneering and the meaning of the words. Excellent. You also used an interesting term low grid as opposed to off grid. Can you say a little bit more about what that is? Can, but it, we may get in ahead. We will probably get ahead a little bit into the failure. So if it's okay with you, yeah, go. our greatest moment, one of the things we didn't want to get on the grid and we moved here with no friends, no family, no job, no home, no experience, had never even been camping oh. <laughs> to learn how to homestead off the grid. So getting on the grid for us was a compromise and we call it training wheels. And so low grid for us is, for example, we could expand our solar system, our solar powered system, and maybe get larger generators and all of that. And we saw that for the expense and the lost momentum, we could just actually get on the grid. And so it was a compromise, mm. felt like a huge blow. <laughs> mm. But it we live low grid because we were, I think it was 15 or 30 amps. I don't remember, but we don't really use a lot of electricity. We were not able to build, that's a story for another time, but we were not able to build the straw bale cottage that we thought we moved here to build. And so we ended up building this arched cabin that looks like an A-frame, but it's arched. And cool. it was very hard to insulate. We had a lot of, lots of failures with that. And so it was really helpful to have what is referred to as a mini split, but this portable ACE kind of, not portable, but it's not it's a the, whole the, house system. Right. Say. It's the mini split that has heat and cool in it and goes like in a hole in the yes, wall. Yes, it's a small, a small unit. And so... That's what it means for us to say low grid. We don't want to deceive anyone into thinking that we do everything off grid. We do have some help from the grid. Mm -hmm. And honestly, solar for us is low grid also, because when we, what ultimately for us, freedom is no grid, no solar, completely primitive. Mm -hmm. So even us using a solar system or depending on that, it's not totally. So someone wrote a book called Off Grid, Surviving Off Grid or something like yeah. that, that Jason read recently. But we want to give credit that we are using some technology to do this. That is electrical technology, some yeah. solar and from the that's, power that's all, Right. That's all good. And it's that's your rendition of it. 
My rendition's a little bit different. We are connected to the grid and we have some solars, but it's what I've learned in my life is that life isn't a destination. It's the journey along the way. Like, what is our journey and what do your ethics share with you about how you want to do that journey? And one of the things for me was that I wanted to be out of debt. That was one of my ethics. So I set about, it took me 10 years, I set about to make that happen. And you're experimenting with things. Some of them are on grid, some of them are off grid, some of them are partial. And that's epic in itself. Because you're experimenting, you're playing, you're figuring it out. And that's really the game, isn't it? Totally. And that's why I shared part of an organization that that gave me the title, let's say, of advanced process consultant. I didn't really know what a process consultant was, Mm -hmm. always did consulting that way. And when you talk about process, the journey, what I hear is process. and I really want to invite everyone listening to understand and hear the wisdom that Greg is sharing because it's the process. <laughs> That's where the goal yes. is. It's in the process and the patterns that these processes create where you learn what works and what doesn't work in general and for you. There are some things that are just plainly cause and effect. And then there are other things that are subjective. Yeah, it's our own journey. My journey is different than yours. For me, honestly, it wouldn't work for me to sleep on a blow-up bed for six months. I've done it, and it's just too uncomfortable. I, it's not something I want to do. But that completely worked for you. And what we can't do is take your experience and say, oh, this is the way it's got to be for me. This is where the experimenting with the on-grid, off-grid happens is making up, making it up for you, right? Yeah. And like I said, I invested so, so much. We've invested tens of thousands in training and mentorship to get us to the point where we're moving forward and to get mm-hmm. us in a, in a, not just a platform, but in a mindset and to have the frameworks to be able to help people at a higher level, like you were talking about, deep mentorship is something that has been missing for quite some time in our culture. And you have to have Amen. that. You Amen have to, that. to have that to survive, actually. Yes. yes. If you look at families, if you look at relationships, if you look at financial matters, if you look at business history, we're in a crisis of people not even knowing how to succeed in the most basic things. And so Jason feels like when he gets to share his story, that for a man to build his own house Uh, is the equivalent of a woman giving birth, like natural childbirth and all the emotional empowerment, all the physical things that Uh, happen to a woman when she gives birth. It's the same thing. And that's what he shares that he experienced when he went through the process and all the fears and all the crises that he had. Like I set out to build my own house, my own shelter. 
I don't know what to do. I'm panicking here. I don't have a mentor. I don't know anyone in the area. The closest people we knew would live like two and a half hours away that had let us borrow their RV to get started because Mm -hmm. we didn't have anything. We never developed any land. We didn't know anything great. It was like we didn't know the language of pioneering. We didn't learn anything. And I had shared with you before I started sharing about the beekeeping, nothing that we're doing is conventional. We're always looking for, generally, if it's a conventional popular way to do it, we're like, there must be a better way because if it's either (laughs) easy to manufacture or it's just profit first, then there must be a catch. And there's always a catch. So I was going to share that with the beekeeping he looked he we had in 2013 he built the first beehive it was a top bar beehive which was the better option that he knew of but it didn't work very well so this is not going to cut it i'm not going to do this and it took him another six years to find dr leo then we went to missouri and he learned from him on horizontal hives that are better for the bees better for the beekeeper more resilient more self-sustaining and he built, he custom built six of beehives and a storm catcher. All of the things that we're doing here, <laughs> you mentioned the word epic. Jason's not here to take the credit and he doesn't really like to take credit and or be even on the spotlight. But most of the projects we've done are epic in that way that either we didn't have anyone to teach us and he had to just really just search the world over to find who these Mm -hmm. people. Sometimes there was this one situation where he wanted to build a rocket stove oven. I believe it was the project or something like that. And he wanted it to be indoors and all of these different things. And he couldn't find anything in English. So no English speaking country had the answer in any of the continents. So he said, I'm going to switch languages. So he decided to, he searched in Portuguese and he found this gentleman and he bought the plans and translated them to English. Into- oh, my God. So we use everything, all of our skills, linguistic skills, our technology skills, everything we've ever learned. It's taken everything. <laughs> so the process is also understanding that we were believed that God created us with all these gifts and talents and experiences and nothing is wasted. Whatever you need, you already have, but you're going to have to pull on all of it. This is probably the most important question of the day. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's have a drum roll. <laughs> Are you having fun? I'm having so much fun. Thank <laughs> I you can so tell. much, Greg, for having me. Oh, my, Len, I've been on your show, and one of the memories of being on your show was how much fun we it's always- a fun topic to talk about. It's always <laughs> a great conversation. There? So tell me quickly about being a process consultant and do you- That's part of your mentoring all that, right? Absolutely. Like I mentioned, there's really no part of us we can just take out to mentor others. A Mm -hmm. huge part of our mentorship program is Jason's engineering and his innovative, amazing mind. And he is an avid learner and researcher and knows I've never met someone that had so much information in the area of sustainability, living, pioneering, and any area of life that you want to break free from, you can talk mm-hmm. to him about that, where our interests are wide and varied, and it's hard to put us in fit us in a box, so we can fit in many places, and we can be outcast everywhere at the what? same time. 
Yeah. And then for me, everything is processed. And so if something, I actually really don't like products. There's very few products that we actually promote as an answer for something. It can be a get started choice. (laughs) Yep, exactly. By the way, one of those products is the Great American Seed Up. Seed Up Bundle. No, thanks for that shout out. That's Great American. That's greatamericanseedup.org. And please go there, bookmark it. You will want to make sure that you get you at least one box and they'll tell you more what to do with that. But I do really believe, I do want to say that I tell people that I believe that the currency of the future are heirloom seeds and resilient living skills. So there There you you have have it. it. Uh, We (laughs) said that at the same time. There you have it. I can help you out and we can help you out. And if we all have different dispositions for what that is. And so what we do as mentors is we're not trying to put anything into you or convince you of anything. As mentors, we draw out what's inside and we help bring some clarity and definition to what you've been carrying. Like a midwife can help you know, hey, are you pregnant? And what are you pregnant with? Then we can really help you define that. And we have gone, like I shared, we've paid in the money, the time, the effort to go through that process ourselves. Yeah. And where do people find information about interacting with you? The best place currently online is producingfreedom.com. We do have a link there to our what I, we call the genesis of resilient pioneering, a little segment where Jason, I convinced Jason to talk with me on, on the record. I and remember so that. You can see that and it links to our YouTube channel. We'll probably be switching to Odyssey soon because I have experienced some censorship from YouTube. Always just go to producingfreedom.com to see what the latest update is on how to find Excellent. Us. Excellent. And I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you learned from it. So I mentioned that I did share a little bit earlier on our journey in general, that getting on the grid just felt like a huge blow for Mm. us to remain primitive on off grid. And you're talking about the power grid. Yes. To get on the power grid. We had some solar and we had a generator that helped us during the time. At first we had nothing, but, and like I mentioned, we had never even been camping, but we really wanted to learn how to live off off grid and we got some solar and then we had the generator and then we like I said decided to invest in getting on the grid it was a very low investment compared to many other things but it felt like a blow to our conviction to do things primitive issue for us was that we didn't have any mentors we didn't have a framework or anything so we needed training wheels so that's what we learned We learned training wheels are good and knowing what the ultimate, for you to know what your core convictions are, it's not as huge of a blow if you see that we've been able to move forward and that didn't slow us down. We didn't have to depend on sunny days because we had a lot of cloudy, rainy days that year. And that Mm -hmm. really brought a lot of stress to us and our systems, the things that we were trying to run. Yeah. Wow. Cool. And what do you consider your biggest success? Really just being able to still be here. I shared with you before we started, you were making a reference to how long we've been married. And I will tell you that we never imagined that this pioneering journey would test us 
at the core of everything that mattered to us. And we would never would have risked our marriage, our health, our finances, our future, everything that mattered to us, even our faith, everything was tried. I think to me, success is that step beyond resilience to keep on going and to not give up, to not lose hope and still have vision for the future. Yeah. Awesome. And what drives you? In I will say, talking about pioneering, one thing, if I can sum it up into one thing, is my conviction for stewardship. There's a proverb that says that a prudent man sees danger and takes cover, seeks refuge, but a simple goes on and suffers for it. And if Jason, I have a gift <laughs> to be able to foresee things because 12 years ago, there were no so many homesteading people with YouTube channels and all these different things. Really not, we weren't following anyone. We didn't know anyone. We actually really don't know many people that are doing what we're doing to the degree that we're doing it. And so to me, that stewardship of our lives to be able to you see something you you have the wisdom to do something and you take ownership and responsibility and you do it so that proverbs is the stewardship of to to god as my creator to my family jason's my husband my family and my legacy to be able to be a good steward of that in every way and if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? I actually asked Jason this question because we've probably owned thousands of books over the last 25 years. As I mentioned, I gave a lot of books. We gave most of our books away when we moved to Mexico and then we regained a library when we moved back, started over. But I said, people like to know the top five and top 10. And I said, Jason, what would be the one book if we had to just get up and go which one do we take? And he thought about it for a minute and he said, really the Bible. So for us, and I thought about what my answer, I didn't really know what my answer would be until I asked him that question. And then I thought, especially the ancient wisdom of Psalms and Proverbs, mm -hmm. there's so much wisdom, practical wisdom. Actually, every day, I just look at the, so, you know, let's say today is the first of the month. Then I'll read the first Proverbs and the first Psalms. And I feel so nourished in my soul and my spirit for wisdom because there's so much there. So I would yeah. say the Bible doesn't offend you. Have it. Psalms and Proverbs especially. And you can get those. We get them at the thrift stores. You can get that in a little right. New Testament. In a, in a survival sense, remember I said resilience begins inside. So the wisdom part to me is critical. But in a practical survival sense, the one book that we agreed would be one book to have, and we actually carried in our vehicle all the time, is a book on foraging. So Meriwether is a, a, one of our favorite authors, but you can just find someone that you trust that has colorful photos to show you what's edible in the areas that you're yes. traveling or living. So that if you get stuck in a situation, then you know what you can forage for edible plants. Oh, that's excellent. What final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? I would say I have used the word conviction several mm -hmm. times during our conversation. And I would say, if you don't know 
the answer to what drives you? <laughs> your answer is going to be different than your spouse. Your answer is going to be different than your family. Mm -hmm. You really owe it to yourself to know the answer to that. What is your conviction that you're willing to die for? If you don't know the answer to that, that should be your starting point. Wow. Powerful, powerful. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Aurora. Thank you so much for having me. It's really been so much fun. Oh my God. Every time we get together, we just have a blast. Yeah. And, I, and you can tell I'm lit up today. So thank you. Thank you. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Like I said, producingfreedom.com. There's a contact form there. You can reach out to us and ask us any questions. And YouTube right now is our only social media outlet while we transition to Odyssey. Perfect. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash producing freedom. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.